Welcome to Quilt and Tell, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilty. I'm Tracy Mooney. I'm Lori Baker. And I'm Ginger Sheehy Taddy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Quilt and Tell. We have some big news in this episode, so be sure to stay tuned to the end. How are you, ladies? I'm doing good. How about you, Ginger? I'm hanging in there. Yeah, doing all right, as usual. How about you, Tracy? Hanging in there. Can't complain. So, you know, usually in the beginning of each episode, we kind of chat, but I just want to, since it's just the three of us again, I want to delve right into something that happened this week. Has to do with Lori. Ooh. Is Is this some good Lori gossip? Uh, this yeah. is so cool. Yeah. I think okay, so. I even think better. So. <laughs> so we're we're giving our our listeners a little a little sneak peek of something that's going to come, like in in about six months. Okay, how about that? Okay, because we just can't wait to talk about it. So this week we were doing our lineup. So a lineup meeting is where we choose the quilts that are going to be in the magazine. We've already done a call for submissions and designers send in their ideas. And then we have a team. It's usually rotating. It's always me. It's always our editorial director who also diagrams all of our quilts. And sometimes it's just the two of us. This time, Vivica Denegri from Quilting Arts was also on the call. She's our content director for the quilting team. So we happen to get a submission from Michelle Friedman of Maywood Studio. And Michelle's probably freaking out as she listens to this because she listens to every episode when it drops. And sometimes she will she will text me as she's listening. Um, But (laughs) so so she submitted this really cool quilt design and. At first glance, this was for um, Fonz and Porter's Quick and Easy Quilts. And so I generally really try to zero in on the quilts that look very easy, but fit the theme or really eye-catching. And Michelle's quilt, I loved, but at first glance, I thought, this is a little hard for quilt Quick and Easy. I'm not quite sure if that's going to fit the theme or not. But I really, you know, it, of course it's hers, so it's graphically beautiful. Well, Vivica is a knitter and she zeroed in on this pattern because it features socks. Like socks you wear on your feet socks? Right. <laughs> okay, I'm intrigued. And she's like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. So I'm like, yeah, it's adorable. I'm going to have to earmark it for maybe quilt maker. And I move on and I'm still trying to fill my quota of, you know, a baby quilt, a quilt of valor, a quick weekend quilt, a scrap buster and quilts that need to fit my theme. So I'm picking different things. And every few minutes, Vivica goes, what about the sock quilt? Mm. And I'm like, Vivica, I like the sock quilt a lot. I, I definitely want to use it. I'm just not sure it's easy enough. And she goes, I think it's easy enough. Come on. I think it's easy enough. I think you could pick this one. Right. So I scroll back down to it and I realize that Michelle has written in a story to go with the quilt. And all of a sudden I see the name Lori Baker. 
in the description. So with that being said, is that enough of a little bit of a, a setup? Yeah. A setup for you to pick up, Lori, of why Michelle may have been inspired by you to make a quilt about socks? <laughs> Okay, so so like I said on our last episode, I got to spend time with Michelle. We actually roomed together when we were at Missouri Star. And almost always wear mismatched socks. And Michelle <laughs> noticed that and asked me about it. And I explained that I do that as a Down syndrome thing. When people ask me, I tell them I have a grandson who has Down syndrome, and I explain how wonderful he is and what potential these kids with Down syndrome have. Michelle just took off with that story. She said after we were all back home and doing our thing, she Googled Down syndrome and the DNA Mm-hmm. for Down syndrome. And one of the images that showed up on the Google of Down syndrome DNA was her inspiration for the quilt. She asked me if I would like to quilt it. And of course, my answer was yes. And then here's the part that makes me cry. I'll try not to cry. She said she wanted to give the quilt to Silas, my grandson. <gasps> Oh, oh, I think I'm going to cry. Oh, I'm kidding. Not kidding. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, and and I the another thing that really gets to me is, see, I'm trying not to cry. Honest, oh. I am. Um, I figure probably 10 people a year ask actually ask me about the fact that my socks never match. So I tell 10 people a year my little thing about Down syndrome. This is going to be in a magazine. Can you imagine how many eyes are going to see that? I can't believe I've never noticed that you don't wear matching (laughs) (laughs) socks. You know, and I noticed it, but I've mostly noticed when you have like, so Lori wears really like fun novelty socks generally. And so they're always kind of silly and they usually match in color to each other, but they're not identical. Right. Uh And so I knew that about you, but I didn't know that that was the connection or the reason I only made comments when they were like ridiculous socks. (laughs) So is the, is the Mitch mismatch socks, is that just to be in support of, of the people with down syndrome or how is it? What's the correlation? I have worn mismatched socks for years, and Silas is four years old. And sometime in between the time Silas was born and now, on Down Syndrome Awareness Day, they said wear mismatched socks. And I'm like, well, golly, I don't know if I can do that. I only have about 30 pairs of mismatched socks. So I've been doing it forever. But now it's it's like this thing that I can... It's an open door to explain. Oh, mm. yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So does it have something to do with the, the genes that people with Down syndrome have? Is that why they chose mismatched socks? Perhaps. There's actually in Down syndrome, there's, there's an extra chromosome mm-hmm. 
that the rest of the world doesn't have. Their personalities are typically so kind and so lovable. Oh my goodness, he's just a gem. <laughs> he's absolutely adorable. So Lori always had a picture of Silas in her office. And so I always got to see his face, his smiling face every day. And I was lucky enough to travel with you a few times where I got to, you know, see you having conversations with him on FaceTime. <laughs> yes, we, we FaceTime a couple, three times a week. And like I said, he's delightful. I have to tell you this little quick story. He came to visit us and he's afraid of some things that are not what most little kids are afraid of. He's scared of big plants, like my house plants are scary to him. So we were outside. We had the little wading pool, and the neighbor's dog, which is this huge dog, started barking. And my little grandson, who is afraid of plants, started barking back at the dog. <laughs> <laughs> They're having a conversation. That's right. <laughs> One of those priceless memories. Oh, I love it. I love it. So, so there you go. So in a few months, uh, you will actually, and I can actually tell you which issue it's going to be in so that everyone will know to look for it. It will be in the June, July, 2023 issue. Oh. So we have a little bit of time that will be on sale. Let's see. Uh, in April. And so will Silas get the actual quilt that's going to be photographed and all that good stuff? Because it'll be quilted by you. Oh, yes. Isn't that's that amazing. exciting? That's so cool. And we're going to share the story for sure. Just when I think Michelle can't get any cooler, she takes it up a notch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty cool. She is pretty cool. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, and if you can't wait for a, a quilt by Michelle, <laughs> I'm gonna plug. I'm gonna plug my December issue of Quilt Maker uh, because she's actually got two quilts in that. She's got maybe Bob, which is yes. the quilt that Ginger I know used so well. The Ginger jacket <laughs> made the quilt. I don't know how many times now, but several. <laughs> and it's an adorable quilt with a great story. But she also did a fantastic Hanukkah quilt that she yes. is getting so much feedback on and now I might cry because she actually texted me the other day she's been posting about her Hanukkah quilt so I'm going to tell a really personal kind of vulnerable story we get letters from people sometimes it's an actual letter sometimes it's an email and last year after the December issue of Quilt Maker came out I got a letter from a reader who proceeded to let me know how disappointed they were in the December issue of Quilt Maker because it had only one Hanukkah quilt and all the rest were Christmas quilts. And the quilt that we featured was very modern and it wasn't her style. And she was just let me know that she was disappointed. And I always strive to do calls for submissions that um, you know, include everyone. I want to include all quilters because not everyone, um, celebrates Christmas. Uh, and, and there are certainly a lot of Jewish quilters and people who celebrate Kwanzaa and people who don't celebrate at all. And I always put on a submission call for Festivus. What Festivus is. And so yes. I always put that in, in the hopes that maybe someday I would get a Festivus. Nice. Quilt. 
Just a, a quilt with a pole in it. I love it. Right. right. <laughs> so, um, so we get, you know, every year I get, you know, we only get so many submissions and we can only choose from what we get submissions for. And so didn't really get, I think we got all but two Hanukkah quilt submissions in 2021. And I picked one and that was the best I could do. And there wasn't much I could do about it. So I, um, I carried that with me all year. You know, the fact that I, I wasn't as inclusive as I try to be. And so this year, the very same thing happened. We didn't get oh. any Hanukkah quilts. I think maybe we got one and we've got four magazines to produce. So I ended up, I was like, forget about it. I'm doing, I'm just going to do a shout out. Well, I did a shout out on Instagram and on my Facebook page and I was inundated. I figured maybe a few of my friends might submit, but all of those friends shared the submission request. And so we must have gotten 20 Hanukkah quilt submissions. Nice. Oh, that's great. And not only that, I got two Festivus yes. <laughs> submissions. Yes. Be careful so what you ask for. <laughs> this year, I'm fully anticipating I'm going to get complaints that my Christmas quilts are not Christmassy enough. Oh. But part of that is because I had to change themes partway through production schedule. So what was supposed to be Christmas around the world got very condensed to only two quilts from around the world. And I just, you know, there's some really cute Christmas things. Don't get me wrong. But Michelle's was one of the quilts that was, was chosen for quilt maker. And then we had, I think two in quick and easy. One of which became the cover of the magazine, which I had to push for because it was just such a graphic. It was just a really good cover and uh, we have all these new people at our office who were all weighing in on what the cover should be, who aren't quilters necessarily, and don't realize that quilters can look past the colors or the fabrics that are used to see a beautiful quilt. And so it was a table runner that's on the cover of Quick and Easy. So Michelle, again, sorry, Michelle, for sharing such a personal thing, but she sent me a text message to say that she's got a whole group of Jewish quilters who are her friends now on social Aww, media. How and fun they've completely you know connected with her quilt and now they're doing a hanukkah quilt trade you know like a little oh, project nice. swap and so she made me cry because she Aww. she said that they felt included and that just made me really happy because i just i never want to be i never want to make anyone feel excluded especially from the pages of our magazines i want to show the diversity that's in the quilting world and that quilters come from all kinds of backgrounds and so that's my little spiel on that thanks michelle we love you absolutely <laughs> we do. yes we do <laughs> and i know she's listening so anyway so in our last podcast we addressed the fact that ginger has left and gone on to an amazing job. Yes. If you could all see her, she's grinning from ear to ear. I am. I am. Yes. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> she's really happy. You're really having fun. So you're you're teaching now. Mm-hmm. And so when I went on hiatus on it, took medical leave this summer, it was right after Ginger resigned. And when I got back a few weeks later, 
I was presented with the news that the company wants to put Quilt and Tell on hiatus. So unfortunately, I'm sharing that this will be our last podcast for a little while. And, you know, if if you think it was bad enough with me and my reaction to that news while I was at work, which I was a little bit, let's just say I was a little ticked off <laughs> because we have a really robust audience and community who follow us every time we post. And not only that, they go back and they listen to all the back episodes. And it's the one place where I don't have to wait six months to present something in, mm-hmm. in front of a, an audience. It's the one place where we can actually be a little bit timely and we can address things that are happening in the industry. So if you can kind of get a feeling that I was a little bit upset about that news, imagine how it felt to let Ginger and Lori know. Yeah. I mean, and, and honestly, when I was decided I was going to move on to something new, I feel like this was the one thing that it was like, but I don't want to give up the podcast. I love that. And there was this little inkling of hope that I would still get to continue to do it, which we have just not as frequently. And, you know, so knowing that, you know, eventually it was going to maybe not end, maybe there might be another iteration. There might be something, hopefully, you know, I mean, we always talk, so I can't help but think, something's going to happen. So I, I can't see us not staying in touch and not, you know, continuing to move on to do something. But it was hard. It was really hard. That was one of the, the toughest decisions life-wise to make because this podcast has been such an unexpected joy in my life. And just the fact that you two have inspired me, you embraced me, you just constantly feed my soul with such goodness. And it's just amazing. So I I can't help but think. I know. I'm trying really hard not to cry myself right now (laughs) because, you know, it it is. It's something and and to know that, you know, just us talking has has done something to people. It it, you know, it, it it still kind of scratches my head like what huh but yeah, it's yeah. so I'm so happy that you know we've been able to do that and it, it, it's oh you guys are the best well and and for me one of one of the hard parts about retiring was that so many of my friends are quilter friends that I made at work not just the people in the office, but the designers and the fabric company mm-hmm. manufacturers, just so, so many friends. And this has been my way to feel like I'm still working with them, in touch with them, mm-hmm. in touch with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. It is. But our episodes are still going to remain up, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. correct. So everybody can go back. You can correct. re-listen to us all that you would like. They are planning to keep the feed so that in case they change their mind and decide that we need to have a podcast again, we will still have Quilt and Tell there so that it can be picked up. And I know, you know, I, I, I feel like we can say one of the things that, you know, I, I said to Lori and Ginger right away is maybe we can do a Zoom on our own and have people join us like we did last mm. year, you know, stay connected. And so I would just say for anybody who loves their quilt and tell, be sure to follow Lori and Ginger and I on social media. We will keep you posted if we decide to do anything like that where 
you know, maybe we can just get together with you. We will let you know there. Oh yeah. No, it's yeah. We have to. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Well, why don't we move on to our final segment? Because if we keep talking about this, I'll cry. (laughs) I I do have Kleenex close by, so. (laughs) (laughs) But you're not with me in the room, Ginger. (laughs) I know, I know. I was talking more for me than you, so. (laughs) All right. Well, why don't we go on to our final segment? All right. So in our final segment, what we decided that we would like to talk about Um, and this was Ginger's brilliant idea, was to talk about our favorite podcast episodes, our favorite guest, our favorite conversation, um, so that you can go back and listen to one of those episodes uh, if you felt so inclined, or maybe you have your own favorite. I'm sure all of our readers have their own favorites. So who wants to go first? I do, I do. Okay, Okay, go go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> so I think my very favorite was the episode we did when we surprised Tracy oh. with all of the quilt blocks that people had sent for her 50th birthday. That was so delightful. You could just hear the joy in her voice. <laughs> it was so much fun. Oh, my God, the sneakiness. And oh, my goodness. Oh, that that was it was such a fun episode to plan. But then yes. to see it, like to be there when it was revealed, you know, to oh, it was amazing. I can't even imagine what it was like to watch my face because back then we didn't do the podcast where we could see each other like now we can actually see each other when we're recording and and we couldn't then and so they made up the guys that we needed to use zoom Uh or something like that at the time I forgot to record it as well just in case we were going to do a test run or something they came up with some elaborate story Um, so I can't imagine what I looked like because I went in I was like running behind. And so I sat down. I didn't even notice that there was a box under the table. <laughs> like it, was just, it was just too funny. And then the fact that you guys had actually, you know, not only gotten blocks from the designers we work with and from our coworkers, but you went and you found all my friends too and asked them to send in a block as well. So it was just, that was just a pure delight. Oh, yeah. It really was. And I cried like a baby. (laughs) Anytime we can make Tracy cry, it's a bonus. (laughs) And I I never realized that it was like a goal. Yeah. (laughs) Then we know we're doing our job, you know? (laughs) Silly, silly, silly. All right. Well, what about you, Ginger? What's your favorite? Oh, my God. So many, so many. I mean, first, I have to just say as like a major like overall arcing thing is that, you know, all, everything that we all went through with COVID, mm. it was horrible. It was so terrible. But I have to say there was one shining light and it was the fact that the podcast kind of came out of that and grew because of that. Mm-hmm. And so when I look back on COVID and we're still still 
touching on it still, you know, mm-hmm. it's still lingering there. But when I look back, you know, it is nice to have at least one fond memory of that time because I remember when we first started and I had to be like in my closet with the door shut and I'm oh like gosh. surrounded by all my clothes and I'm like oh recording, gosh. you know, and it was just such a, uh, we were all going through it together. And to know that everybody who was listening was going through this, you know, and having mm-hmm. to deal with how do you get around all this stuff that's happening and to know that that we made it through that time all together and got stronger and the episodes got stronger and we got better. So for me, one of my favorite episodes was when I got to interview. It's the three is a magic number. And it was when we had Ebony Love, Gailene Fitzgerald and Latifa Safir. Oh my goodness. Like this is a thing where when I first came on board, I really like, I was nervous because I was the new girl. Like I was like, how can I hang with these people? I've like, you know, not hardly any experience. And to be able to hold my own in an interview with them, it felt pretty amazing. Like it was, it was pretty awesome. And I I feel like my strength as a, um, you know, as a podcaster, as a, even a video producer, like I feel like this, this whole experience has just made me grow you know, in all ways in my life. And so when I look back on how I held myself in that episode, I'm really proud of myself. (laughs) And I was upset because I couldn't be there. I know. Um, And I was nervous. I was so scared. I was like, how am I going to do this on my own? And I did it. I feel like you stepped in at the last minute. I did. I was going to do it. And then something happened and I couldn't, I couldn't be there on the day that we recorded and we can't do it with like back then we couldn't have that many people on mm-hmm. yep. without the podcast being super glitchy. Yeah. And so it was just really, really amazing. You did yeah. a fantastic job, oh. but those three ladies are just, oh. they are a force to be reckoned with. Oh, I yes. Oh, yes. And I was just oh. like, okay, just don't say anything stupid. Don't stay. You know, I was like the whole time. I was like, oh, my gosh. And it just felt so good. And I was so proud of like how I held myself in that interview. Aww. So oh, my confidence was soaring at that point. So it felt really good. Oh, but I'm yeah. curious, Tracy, what what do you got? What, what was oh, your gosh. I know. It's I don't even know how to pick because no. you threw out this idea and literally four popped in my brain all at the same time. All right, I'm going to just go with one. Okay. So there was an episode that we had Alex Anderson and her bestie, Joanne Sharp. Yes. And we talked about whether or not you call yourself an artist or a quilter. And we talked about, gosh, everything from like, Alex made me cry. Oh my gosh. Like, we were talking about how difficult it is when you're a mom and you've got kids and like carving out time to create and all kinds of things like that. And basically their message was to just go ahead and create, just do it. Right. Well, that episode launched and that was probably the first time that we got inundated with emails from people. Yeah. It resonated with so many listeners and they told stories about how they were giving themselves permission to just play and that just hearing the discussion, let them embrace that artistic side and the fact that we create every day. And it was just, I still get goosebumps. See, look, I got goosebumps. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And you know, it was just, it was probably one of the first times that we, really got a lot of email feedback 
And I had to, you know, I was sharing it with Alex and letting her know what all of all of our listeners who wrote in were talking about. And it was kind of an esoteric topic because I I wasn't sure if if all of our listeners would feel like, you know, they could call themselves an artist Mm -hmm. or if it even mattered to them. But clearly it it struck a a nerve with with several people. So that's the one I'm going to stick with. (laughs) I know. There's just so many good ones. I know. So many good ones. Gosh. Well, we can always go back and listen too, you know. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. I finally, if nothing else, I can finally listen to my voice and not cringe utterly. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a universal thing that people don't like to hear their own voices. Oh yeah. So, it's like, no, I don't sound like that. No, because we hear our, our voice in our head yeah. and yes. it doesn't sound the same. <laughs> and, right. and I also want to do just like a real shout out to all the really great producers that we worked with, Evan oh gosh, Rutherford yeah. and Jared. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Daisha. Daisha. Oh, we have to, Daisha, if you're still listening and you're still hanging in there, thank you for so many <laughs> wonderful, wonderful episodes. Oh my gosh. She, she truly added fun to oh, yes. our podcast. Definitely. You know, whatever crazy idea we threw out, she'd be like, oh, oh yeah. fireside chat, there'll be crackling sounds in the background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, what was it when I mentioned the meatballs in the, it just doesn't <laughs> oh matter. God. It just doesn't matter. And she found that. I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. We truly loved working with you, Daisha. But we also have loved all of the people who've been guests on the show. Yes. I mean, really. We have a quite a body of guests. Oh, yeah. And it's just been amazing having everybody on. I am quite certain that this is not the last time that the three of us will be together oh, yeah. doing podcasts because it just can't be. Right? That's right. I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I'd I tell everybody to write in, but I'm just not sure <laughs> if it'll fall on deaf ears. Yeah. Can we uh, say write to such a no? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I don't work there anymore. What do I care? I know, right? <laughs> I do. I do. Well, anyway. Well, I I am reluctant to say say goodbye, so I'm just going to say so long for now. Yes. Until next time. That's Until right. next time. You will hear from us again. You will. Thanks so much for listening to Quilt and Tell. Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today in our show description. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Thanks for listening and happy quilting. The Quilt and Tell podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, and our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer.